So if you want to hear more of our podcast, please click on jamesandsana.com and you can hear our previous episodes. And please subscribe because James has some good word of wisdoms every morning to share with you guys through that email that comes into your inbox. Okay, what's that thing that we were talking about that we were going to resume? Honey, just talk. Uh, just talk. You are talking to the wrong person. I don't just talk. The only reason that I speak is if I really mean something. I'm not like a woman. I don't just talk just to hear the sound Ooh, of my own voice. Gender equality. Gender equality? Yeah. There is no such thing as gender equality when it comes to talking. Uh, really? Where are you from? No, I think... Are you from first century? No, I'm just saying that I think that women talk more than men. We just you just have this uncanny ability to just use way more words than is necessary. I think it's just stereotyping. I kind of always work with group of men who always sit together, gossip and talk a lot rather than women. Awkward pause. <laughs> honey, there is a rift in our relationship. Honey. Yeah. Oh, well, if you didn't beg me, I wouldn't be on this show because you didn't really give me a chance to express my feelings last week to our audience and what I've prepared for them. So why don't we go to the point? What, what point do you want to go to? Well, um, you said I can share what was on my mind this time. You're right. I did say that. So you have something of value that you're going to share with our audience? Yeah, kind of. I don't know how you're going to take it, but I I put a lot of thought on it. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, sweetness, I'm going to hand hand it over to you, and the floor is yours. Yeah, so these days are really hard for me, and I'm sure it's for you too, because we are kind of away from each other, but of course we are connected uh, through our soul and spirit. But I was just trying to analyze uh, past few weeks and months how it was passing and um, I just wanted to appreciate you as my husband I watched you how you are uh, working hard and taking care of the son and also the work trying to also be a housewife take care of cooking washing cleaning total package <laughs> so I'm really proud of you and also, you make time for me, apart from your work and everything else. So I just wanted to tell you that now I know what happiness means with you in my life. And um, I call you a treasure, a wealth. And I see my dreams about you all the time. You're my joy, my inspiration. You are my beauty of my soul. You are an unearthly pleasure you are the dream come true you're my ray you're my hope my long-awaited man and i just love you that was beautiful okay okay honey don't take it serious no. it was all joke <laughs>
You're telling me that we waited an entire week for that? Okay. (laughs) All right. Okay, so let's get serious. So the other thing that the other thing that was you weren't serious (laughs) serious stuff (laughs) serious stuff like okay you expressing your admiration and your respect and your love for your husband is not serious is that what you're saying it is serious but um it depends but it depends if we are in crisis i'll take all the words back nothing like conditional love that makes a marriage strong and sturdy Built on a solid foundation. Right. Conditional love. I love it. Conditionally. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so, you know, the exciting, rather provoking message I wanted to share with our audience uh, that was left. um, Exciting, provoking, entertaining, value-laden message from Shafia Dory. That was some... I call her sweetness. You all can call her. And I call you bitterness. But you all can call him James Newcomb. Not names Jukum. <laughs> yeah, so can I continue? No, I'm just trying to I'm just trying to add a little uh, levity to what I foresee being dreadfully boring. You make our audience wait for the message I was trying to share last week. It was something that kept my mind busy the whole week. Thinking, you know, you being a musician, you always, you know, have some concern about how musicians don't take it seriously and they devalue themselves. And I was just thinking, why actually artists and musicians are not given the same importance as lawyers, professors, doctors? Why all the above said conduct their profession more effective and efficient if you keep them in a room and play one of their favorite song and music in the background. So the question is, why are artists, musicians, etc., comparatively undervalued to doctors? Not lawyers? undervalued. It's, they're not given importance. So they're undervalued. It's different, importance and value. Okay. Okay. If you say it's different... It seems to be the same to me, but... So you're asking me why is that? Yeah. I think the reason is that uh, artists and musicians don't give themselves the true value that they that they are um, entitled to. I think that it, the reason is that artists, musicians, etc., they kind of put themselves, they kind of fall on their own sword in that regard. They don't value... I think that they see themselves as providing mere entertainment. We are just the entertainment so that the the true professionals can have their party. That's all we are. Yeah, I understand what you're saying, but music is more than that because music is a language that everyone can relate to. With music, you don't have any boundaries. You can be from any point of... Uh, the earth from different country nationality different language and background but if we play the piece of music everybody understand it in the same way there are lecturers use music to teach their classrooms there are doctors who go to theater and do very complicated surgeries with a music in the background why because music 
it touches the soul, the spirit, the innermost part of the human being. And most of the beautiful things in the world are not touched, hurt, or seen, but they're felt with the heart and soul. I think the importance of music in human life and the value of music in our life is much, much more than just a piece of entertainment in a theater, on a podcast, on a CD or whatever. I think there's a certain integrity that comes with doing art with integrity. And a lot of, I see a lot of musicians really, uh, I don't know if selling themselves short is the right term, but they don't, I, I just feel like they don't really understand how important they are to society. The people who call the shots, the Donald Trumps, they see themselves as the most important. The world will, will stop spinning if we don't uh, build this business or build this empire or this or that. What really brings integrity to any society is the art. Like I have a phrase that I coined after we, we were at that mall in, in Hanoi. Do you remember that when they were um, they're playing a bunch of kids' music in the mall? Like we're right in it, Time City. Yeah, every and it wasn't, weekend they play um, children's music. Right, and it wasn't at like the children's play area. It was just the mall. The shopping music was the wheels on the bus go round and round, or twinkle twinkle little star. And we were mumbling, walking around. <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought, what effect is this? Like, why why would they do this? What effect is this having on the adults who are shopping? It's one thing to have the the kids playground have this in the background. That's fine. And if I'm there with my boy at a, at a playground and they're playing Wheels on the Bus, that's cool. But mall music when I'm shopping at uh, what whatever mall stores they have at the mall there in Vietnam, why would they subject the parents to that? And why do the parents are why are they okay with that? Because. Vietnam is a very family-based society. You know, uh, here people really get married younger and very first few years of their marriage, they bring few kids. So basically all their life is around the kids and children. And usually during weekend, all the working class who have enough money to shop, that's the only time they have to spend time with their kids at home. So how are we going to bring them out of their nest? Mm. Well, to actually stimulate them through their loved ones, children, wife, daughter, son, grandparents. And that's why I think they play children music. So they spend time with their kids. At the same time, they come to shopping mall and have fun because kids are enjoying with that music. Right. And then they end up at least spending a few dollars <laughs> to buy shop. Oh, yeah. So they use the kids' music to, attract, to make it attractive to the kids. Right. And... So the and parents naturally want to take the kids them, there. Mommy, Daddy, let's go to mall. I want to go around on the train listening yeah. to my favorite song. Yeah, so they bring their kids and their wallet mm -hmm. and spend money. Okay, right. okay, that makes sense. Uh, that makes sense. Uh, and I can, I can accept that. The thought that occurred to me, and maybe I just didn't see, I, I didn't understand it in the proper context, but it made me think about how a society is kind of measured by the integrity of the art. And you think about the music in, let's just say, the United States. I just think about how the 
the stuff that is number one on the charts today in 2020 versus like 1960. Like 1960, uh, Simon and Garfunkel were number one. They had all the number one hits. And there is a certain integrity to Paul Simon and his writing and Art Garfunkel singing. And there was just a lot of, it was respectable. And now you have Justin Timberlake, Bruno Mars, Kanye West, Beyonce. And I'm not saying, it's not like they're not talented, but it's just, in my opinion, it's, it's a step below on the integrity ladder of uh, Simon and Garfunkel or the big band, the, the jazz, uh, the big band charts of the 1940s. George Gershwin of, uh, of the teens, of 19 teens, was kind of like the Bruno Mars of today. Uh, everybody played Gershwin. Every town had a symphony orchestra. Every town had a, a brass band or a, a community band. And those things are going away. And as a result, this is you, you, it's not a coincidence that you see this decline in the social norms, the social values. You see a, a rampant increase in antisocial media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. That's what people that's how people interact with each other. And to say that it is horrendous compared to the social norms of 50 years ago is an understatement. It's, it's atrocious how people speak to each other on Facebook. And it's for that reason that I, I am very strictly limiting my interaction, my, my time on Facebook. I don't use Facebook to promote my podcasts. I don't use any social media to promote my podcasts. And it's a bit of an uphill climb to do that, but it's worth it. I think it's worth the extra effort that it takes to get the word out about the podcasts when it means that I'm not participating in something that that I see as destructive to our culture, our society at large. I'm finished. You can talk now. Did you like how I started? It was fine. I, I always like to have a little like playful banter before we get into the meat and potatoes of what we're going to talk about. Well, I... Everybody's going to love it, how I'm praising you. Of course, they know it might be, not be true, but I mean... We have to tell people listening in, in the, uh, the nicknames we've given ourselves. What do you call me? Bitterness. I mean, first one is RBF. Right, like for example, even we go shopping and uh, it's crowded and I miss you. I can just mm-hmm. say, hey, RBF, come here. There's something interesting. But when we are in like crisis and... Some things are not going well, then I call you bitterness. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you call me, bitter grout or something? Yeah. What is a grout? It's some sort of a root, vegetable. Oh, okay. So I'm a bitter root. Yeah, but it's really healthy. I, okay. I heard they use it in pharmaceutical companies. I told yes, you before. pharmaceuticals. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. I, I clearly remember you explaining the rationale behind calling me bitter grout because it's very healthy Although it tastes horrible, but it's very good for you, and it's used by the pharmaceutical industry. So even though I am dreadfully boring and dreadfully bitter, basically unpalatable to the vast majority of (laughs) polite society, I'm good for you. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Well, I can accept that. I can live with that. 
As long as I'm serving some sort of purpose in this world. I love bitter kraut in soup. Right. As long as I as long as I'm leaving this world better than when I entered it, I can live with that. Well, for those of you tuning in, we will uh, be in your earballs one week from now. Uh, Sana and I, of course, will speak to each other before then. Hopefully, hopefully we're not in a crisis that prevents us from wanting to speak to each other, but we will be in your earballs again next week. Sana, it's been a pleasure to share the mic with you once again. Yes, pleasure is mine, honey. Your voice is just dripping with sincerity. (laughs) Hey, my name is James Newcomb, and as you can hear, my wife and I like to have fun when we press record on these podcasts, and we bring this as a service to our clients and would-be, perhaps, prospective clients of our company, Beaten Path Media, and we are working together to build this business, and we're just having a great time doing it. And if you are interested in learning more about Sana and myself and what we can offer, if you're thinking about getting into the podcasting, the YouTubing, the digital media production game, then look us up and I'd love to talk and see if we can help bring you closer to your goals and bring you and your podcast, your YouTube, your digital media to the next level. Check us out on the web at beatenpath.media that's spelled b-e-a-t-i-n path dot media